Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. In full voice, we have Derek, Ken, and in partial voice, myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Trying to remember how we do this. It's been a while. It's been, what, a week, hasn't it? Did we miss one or two weeks? I don't remember. Well, I think we missed one week because we were delayed a show, so we ended up releasing the show the week of Christmas. Oh, okay. And then we got together after Christmas to be on, on the Diz Dads to talk Star Wars. Yeah, that was fun. So, and then we didn't do anything last week after New Year's because, one, I sounded a lot worse than this. <laughs> And I, I've been battling this since the 29th of December. So, so um, that, go ahead. Oh, I was to say that that just means with that with the time off and things being all weird, we got a lot of news that came out. Yeah, we got a couple of big things that we found out about. Yeah, well, uh, we'll start off uh, coming from Fanta Tracks. Uh, Kevin Kiner, Kinner, yes, Kiner. Uh, completes his work on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, basically, after four years, um, following from his compositions on The Clone Wars, uh, Kevin Kiner has scored and recorded, recorded the final music for Star Wars Rebels. Um, it's a sad day. Uh, Filoni put up an image, um, and it shows a live orchestra is being used. So some amazing musical moments there. Uh, just seven episodes remain and thus a truncated fourth season, bringing the show to an end, most likely before the release of Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, of course, the Rebels comes back uh, February 24th um, to start, and uh, maybe... That's almost get, a week after my birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> um, uh, they, it's been put out there that the name of the two episodes, uh, of the next two episodes, which is 10 and 11, uh, 10's being titled Jedi Knight and 11's being titled Doom. That's D-U-M-E, not D-O-O-M. So, uh, that's Jedi Knight with a N-I-G-H-T, not K-N-I-G-H-T. So at this point in time, that's all we're going to say on that. Yeah. Um, and but it, we got to remember at the end of um, at the end of the mid season finale, uh, Kanan has been captured. Remember? Yeah, we'll have to do a full recap like the week before this all comes back. I think so. so. We know where we're at? I think so. So um, I I think it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what Filoni has next for for the animation side of things. Um, yeah, but uh, definitely. It, 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 you know, sad to see Rebels in. Uh, I've I've been enjoying Rebels. I know uh, the young Padwan in this household has been enjoying Rebels so much so that one of her top favorite characters is from Rebels. So those are great characters to love. Yep. 
So, um, but the the nice thing is though, like we've said multiple times, and everybody, all the internet has said, Dave's going to actually get a chance to finish the show the way he wants to finish it. Yeah, and, and, and that was get a finish. And that was one when he announced it at, at celebration. That was one of the big things is he he announced that he was getting that he was ending it on his terms and not having it end for him so um so with him being on the inside of what's coming up with most likely with a what's coming up with solo uh some of the other projects down the line maybe he knew that he couldn't go too much maybe he could have pulled off a, a, a season five but if there's other projects animated projects that's going to help explain other things that that needs to start taking priority then wrapping up rebels now is probably the best way to go i'd also like to see him um i still want to see him either writing or, or directing a live action film or even working on the um live action tv series that's coming out for the uh disney app yeah that's what i want to see I'd rather see him do that, work on the weekly series, than on the Because on the he movies. is he's one of the few actual disciples of um, George Lucas that we still have. Guys that directly yeah. worked underneath the master. Yeah. Well, speaking of other projects, stories, whether TV or film, uh, Derek, why don't you pick us up with the latest with the Red Cup? I mean, Solo. Well, there have been multiple rumors about the Solo movie. <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, and then the latest, oh, what'd you do there? Multiple solo. <laughs> Don't make me spell it out, man. Kids uh, <laughs> just trying to divide and conquer. <laughs> well, it's going to all add up to nothing. <laughs> I keep this all night, folks. Uh, anyway, so there. Please don't. <laughs> there's been all kinds of rumors and questions about the solo movie and when we're going to see something on it finally. And the latest rumor is that we could perhaps see something very soon. With the movie being less than five months away now, can you believe that? Crazy. We just saw Last Jedi, and now it's already, before you know it, it's going to be time for Solo. Well, Last Jedi's almost been out a month. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, of course, you know, the film's had some troubles, you could say. Uh, script issues, director changes, reshoots, uh, leaving, causing Disney to not be able to promote the Solo film like they, they would with other Star Wars films. And uh, that has a lot of people concerned and speculating that perhaps the the movie might bomb uh that's been one of the rumors that have been going out see i uh, think, i think they're i think they're forgetting that they really that they're releasing it memorial weekend i think they're still stuck yeah. that oh it's coming out in december yeah so you know when when that happens we would have seen like a teaser already and stuff but yeah if it's if it's coming out in may you don't need to necessarily throw out all the little tidbits that you normally would Right. Uh, but in the past couple of years, Disney and Lucasfilm, uh, they have a standard way of releasing Star Wars trailers. Uh, they've taken to airing them during halftime at Monday Night Football games or on the Good Morning America show the next morning. Uh, and then on January 8th, Ron Howard told fans to hang in there. Now that Episode 8 is out there, it won't be long. 
So now a bunch of the fan sites are speculating that we could see an actual trailer for Solo perhaps Monday, January 15th. Now, this whole week, there were rumors saying that by the time you're hearing this now, either in podcast or on a source or radio, trailer show has already dropped. It should have dropped you know, at the time that we're recording, which is on Friday. Yeah. It was supposed to have dropped to, on, on, the, on this Friday, Friday the 12th. So, I mean, really? I think if they were going to drop it on Friday the 12th, that would have been the time to actually put it in front of The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. if they were going to do it on a Friday. Uh, you have a couple of sites. Uh, Star Wars site fan cited says as a general wisdom that January 15th will be the current is the current front runner. Star Wars Legacy tweeted rumor hashtag solo teaser to drop January 15th on GMA. So uh, I guess we won't know for sure until Monday, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully it will. That that would be great. I'd love to see something. I would love to see something, too. I, I'm just, with everything that went on this past weekend on social media, I'm afraid with the fanboys. <laughs> They're going to be angry anyway, no matter what you do. I, I know. But um, I mean, we're not a part of what happened this weekend. Uh, we did not no. take part in it. We did not offer comments or anything about it. Um, I'm going to leave it vague because, you know, we, we've had our talks about fandom before and there, there's 90% of the issues, negative issues, don't need to be there. It's... Exactly. I don't even really know what happened. And that's how much we'll talk about it after. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying we'll that's, talk how, about it after. Yeah. that's how much concern I have about it. I don't even know, I don't even care. I the, the way things are happening are ideal for this time and age. Stuff that happened in previous movies fit their time and age. Mm-hmm. That's movie making in general. Mm. See, I, I'm gonna go out and say a prediction now. On if they drop this on Monday for the Good Morning America, we're gonna get maybe a minute, minute and a half teaser. Yeah. So that in three weeks, when we have the Super Bowl, we'll get the full length, two and a half, three and a half minute full movie trailer. Will be during the Super Bowl. We'll get the, we'll get a te- we'll get a nice little teaser for this. Well, who who has the Super Bowl this year? I think Fox. Yeah, they'll well, still yeah, put it they'll, they'll still put it in front of it. Yeah, they dropped the money there. They've done it for some of the other stuff too. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think who I know the Pro Bowls here in Orlando the week before. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to remember who's who's airing Pro Bowl. It doesn't matter. Nobody. I think it's the same. Yeah. I know no one watches, but I'll tell you. That's because the Pro Bowl doesn't the, matter. The the NFL has said that the Pro Bowl has been very successful here in Orlando, uh, partially because there there's a destination that the players actually care. Players and their families actually care about now instead of going out to Hawaii which yes Hawaii was great but for a family with young kids there's more to do here in Orlando than in Hawaii yeah I couldn't tell you what aka parks uh only like 15 of them there what are you trying to say (laughs) you having to work for what four yeah so um I don't know I I hope we get solo on the 15th well another big rumor is maybe the reason we don't have a trailer yet is they may still move the date. Since it's right now the only Star Wars film not to be in December right now. Uh, episode 9 is not supposed to be in December either. Yes, it is. Yeah, episode it is. 9, they moved to December. 
Did they December move it back? December 2019. Yeah. Hmm? As soon as they announced JJ. But, um, th- which is uh, which makes this weird because we had episode eight. Five months later, you get Solo. And then you get a year and a half before you get episode nine. Mm. Yeah. So that's another big rumor is that they may not have dropped a trailer because they're going to move the um, move the date, which I don't think they're going to because the, that's not been the, those rumors haven't been out of Disney at all. No, it seems like nobody at Disney or in the film companies or Lucasfilm has um, even been hinting at it. Right. So, well, well, as Derek pointed out, you know, Ron Howard reassured fans saying, hang in there. Yeah. Now that episode eight is out there. It won't be long. Well, well, even if they do move it, having a trailer um, 10 months out is not out of the question. A teaser. So, no, look at Disney just released one that comes out next year. And Which trailer, one? Uh, is that a Wrinkle in Time? No, Wrinkle in Time comes out next month or March no, this year. No, there was there was one that they were, oh, we saw a trailer for it and, they, and it said 2019. It's like, wow. Okay, I don't know about that. that. That's a ways away. Yeah, because Wrinkle in Time is March 2018. Maybe there's something else. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah, they said 2019. It's like, uh, yeah. Hmm. So, um, Derek, you have any more on this on the solo film? Nope, that was the end of it. Okay. Well, Ken has some. I know you were able to catch up on the Star Wars. Last Jedi Secrets Revealed special. Yes. Uh, why don't you fill us in on that? Well, well before you, okay. Is that, is that still is that still up? That yeah, that just came out this week. I think. Okay. Cool. All right. Continue. <laughs> well, well this week, um, yeah, I, a lot of people. I don't know if I could watch it. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Even if you know what they're going to say on most of it, because there's some stuff that I didn't put everything in this. Most of what they talked about, I put in here. But um, most people at this point know about the Star Wars show. Whether or not you watch it every week i don't watch it every week but i try to and um it's a fun show andy gutierrez is one of the hosts and um they actually did since the star wars show i believe is on hiatus at the moment they're supposed to come back later this month for regular episodes again they're done um with their last season i believe at the end of the year but andy gutierrez sat down and did a half hour special with leland chi pablo hidalgo matt martin and rain roberts from the star lucasfilm story group talking about star wars the last jedi secrets revealed now, a lot of these are easter eggs uh cameos little things that were put in there that um you may or may not have missed now some of these i know i've heard talked about all over the internet already but some of these i had totally missed that i had not heard anybody mention them now they started off with uh a lot of people have already played battlefront 2 well i guess there's a scene in there where luke or i'm not sure if it's battlefront or battlefront 2 but Luke actually finds a compass in the game and it takes it with him. And they had this actually, is Battlefront too. Okay. <clears throat> well, they had taken and um, wanted to do some crossover with Battlefront a little bit to see what they could do uh, and possibly. Do, so they had called Ryan because they thought, hey, wait, this would be something cool to put in there because uh, they were thinking maybe this is the compass that actually allowed him to be able to navigate the map to Act 2. That is a possibility. Now, if someone writes that story later, it'll make it canon officially, but uh, they had called Ryan Johnson and said, hey, we have this idea of something just to toss in there, and Ryan said, well, yeah, we're filming that next week, so if you guys can get me the prop, I'll put it in there, no problem. Well, they that day, they called Dave Filoni and had Dave Filoni draw up a mock-up of this compass that's in the Battlefront game, and they gave it to the prop department, and I guess the prop department overnight did 3D red 
render and printed it, 3D printed the, and then um, sent the pictures back to the story group, and they all loved it. So within 24 hours, they had this compass ready to go. And if you look, if you look real close in Luke's hut on Octu, it's sitting there on the in the hut or in the yeah hut. Right. Some of the other things that he has sitting around, which is interesting. Um, another one from out of Battlefront was: Have you guys played any of the DLC, the stuff that just came out? No. Well, this is a mild spoiler that you actually in the DLC, uh, the rebels find. Uh, I'm not going to give any names or anything, but you end up finding the plans for the dreadnought that you eventually see in The Last Jedi. Hmm. But in one of the cutscenes, you actually, the rebels find the plans for the Dreadnought. Okay. Interesting. So that's a couple things that were in the movie that were brought in from the games. Let me see where, there it is. Marking these off as I go through them. Also, I guess in um, Luke's hut, there, Luke, there was a necklace sitting there with a little red crystal hanging out the bottom of it. That's actually a Sith Kyber crystal that he had found at some point during his journeys. I read that. It's this. like a broken, yeah, it's a broken Sith Kyber crystal that is found in a necklace. Also, what I didn't realize was everybody, at this point, all of us recognized the Jedi emblem. Right. The emblem of the Jedi Order. I didn't realize that was never actually made for the movies. It's not in the prequels anywhere. That was actually created by um, Lucas Creative Products. Mm. And then it was put, then it was pulled and put into the Clone Wars TV series. It was the first place you actually ever see it. Wait, the actual emblem? Yeah, the actual Jedi Order emblem. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but the way they they talked to said that um, it was never actually it was not made for the movies. It was made for consumer products and then brought in later. So uh, the next one, it well, was this one I've heard it everywhere. Was similar, there was something similar. You oh no. Not that particular flair, because um, like I know with the Jedi Assembly, the uh, their logo is based on what was the the main circle, the main centerpiece of the the floor look on uh, in the Jedi Temple on Corsica. Yeah. But I thought it had the logo in the very center of that, and it doesn't. It's a lightsaber with the rays mm-hmm. bumping out. Yeah, it doesn't have the wings. Because the, actually, the Jedi logo, if you look at it, it, does look like a lightsaber in the middle with wings that come up and around it. Right. So, But uh, yeah, I guess that was actually done for consumer products, and eventually it was brought into the Clone Wars, and now it's made it into the movies. Um, the next one up is one, like I said, everybody, I've heard this from everywhere, that if you watch Rogue One, when Jin is looking, is in the spire, looking through the files, looking for uh, her father's plans of the Death Star, she comes across hyperspace tracking. Yeah. So the hyperspace tracking from The Last Jedi was actually mentioned there. Yeah. Uh, and what it was, I guess, they were ma- they were working on the scripts for both at the same time. So the story group was able to slip that in there just so that it adds a little bit of continuity here that the Empire, 40 or 50 years earlier, was already working on trying to figure this out. I think we kind of mentioned that too in the um, yeah. in our review show as well. Yeah, like I said, the, a lot. Some of these we've already mentioned. Some we haven't. Uh, the next one is one I had not heard anywhere. The, where the name DJ came from? Mm. Have you guys heard this at all? Fuller House. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, DJ is a hundred percent gray character. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't lean towards the first order. He doesn't lean towards the um, resistance. He doesn't lean towards the new republic. He's basically anti everybody. Well, DJ was originally a placeholder name to be filled in later, and DJ stood for don't join. <laughs> and, at, and if you look at the the nameplate on his hat, and it actually says don't join in Arabesh, I believe. There's like a little bronze or brass plate on his hat. 
Interesting. So yeah, that one was kind of cool. That's one that um, was there, but it did, but and it was just eventually stuck. The next one is um, just a little one that they're asking, how do you tell? There is a way to tell between male and female porgs. Just like just like many real birds on Earth, the male porgs are more colorful. They'll have like a little bit more orange around the eyes and such. Hair looks more like Donald Trump's. Exactly. (laughs) The the one on the console of the Falcon is a male. Okay. So. the next one is good is a fun one. And now I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. Did you catch the reference to hardware wars in the movie? No. No. Do you guys have you guys seen Hardware Wars? Yes. Of course, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. I've seen like the trailers that they put out and stuff. But um Isn't Hardware Wars the- gonna be a, a talking piece on Keepers of the Fringe one day? It should be. Uh, it might be. It might I have to- <laughs> Chris. Well, you remember when you first are inside the super um, the mega giant Star Destroyer? I don't even remember. What did they even call that thing? Do you remember? Uh, what do they call Snoke's ship? I don't know. There's actually a name for it, but what was yeah. the class on it? It's a certain type of Star Destroyer. Mm, I, don't I don't know if it was mega or... I well, don't remember. First, if I remember right, the first interior shot when uh, when Rose and Finn get in there is uh, the iron coming down from the sky to press the uniform. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. That iron coming in is a shot almost directly out of Hardware Wars because remember in Hardware Wars it was local or it was regular household products that stood in for the ships and such and the uh, iron was one of them uh, <laughs> so that was almost a shot a uh, total actual remake from Hardware Wars uh, we have an actual there's actually a um, script reason why R2 actually replaced BB-8 in the final scene of The Force Awakens the whole reason that why R2-D2 actually went to Octu instead of BB-8 why Ryan Johnson wanted him to ask it wanted him to to switch places was because of the hologram scene with Luke and R2 in the Falcon. If BB-8 was there, he would not have been able to play the hologram of Leia. That's uh, true. Yeah, right. So, and um, Pablo had mentioned in there how it's interesting how R two has all of this, um, has all of the information in his head. Like we've said since the beginning, he's never had a memory wipe. It just never occurs to him to tell people these stories. Right. But he has all the stories from um, the pod racing and um, from being on the Naboo ship all the way through to where uh, the Last Jedi. He know he's the one character in the saga that knows the entire story. Right. He's been there. Uh, one, a couple of the um, cameos in here. Mark Hamill's three kids were all three in the movie. They're actually together as um, resistance. Yeah. yeah, they're just yeah. they're like resistance soldiers in a garage or something. Uh, then um, this is one that most people have probably already knew that Mark Hamill. We know he has two roles in the movie. He was Luke Skywalker. He's also the voice of an alien called Dabu Skay. Mm. And Dabu Skay is that really short alien that tries to play BB-8 like a slot machine. That's Mark uh-huh. Hamill doing the voice of that alien. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of the other ones I have left here is, um, did you guys know where Warwick Davis was in the movie? Because he is there. And his daughter is there. Uh, I don't remember. His now. daughter was one of the, the kid, slave kids, right? No. There, when you're doing the first establishing flyover shot in Candlebite Casino, there's uh, two little frog lizard looking aliens playing what Star Wars version of craps. Okay. That was him and his daughter. <laughs> so uh, then the last thing I had from that I pulled out of this was, uh, have we ever covered the code name 
four Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Like we know, Solo was Red Cup. Uh, yeah. The famous one was the um, Return of the Jedi was Red Harvest or Blue Harvest. Harvest. <laughs> do we? Do you guys know the, the actual code name for the Last Jedi? No. I do not. I think we covered this way back when they were writing it. It was Space Bear. Space Bear. <laughs> and actually, I guess Ryan Johnson and the story group came up with code names for all the characters. Also, like right, Luke hold, was hold on, Space hold on. Bear. I, I need time to pause and reflect on this because <laughs> this is a very grisly revelation. Okay. And you said I was bad earlier. <laughs> Ray, Ray hey, was gold and bared it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. See what happens when we skip a week, guys. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but and they said uh, the only two they gave during the um, show was. Luke being Space Bear and Ray being Goldilocks. They said they, they want to let Ryan give the rest of them because it's basically Ryan's sense of humor. But all the characters had bear type names, <laughs> so that's what I pulled out of there. There's still plenty in there that I didn't pull, but that was the big ones that, I, like I said, some of them we heard, some we haven't. Some of these were just kind of cool. Uh, there was. I like the uh, one about. I like the story about Carrie Fisher's dog. Yeah, being in the film. That's also not the only pet in the in the casino. If you look real close. The opera singer lady with all that's made out of balloons. It looks like mm. when the um, when the oh, what were they called? The racing cat horse things. Well, when uh, they crash through the wall uh, and you see her, she's holding something. that looks like a balloon. She's actually holding a floating dog. <laughs> and when they come, they interrupt her. She does that whole opera sing thing and lets go of it, and the dog goes flying away like a deflating balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this movie is full of that type of stuff that uh, if you look deep you can find it all mm-hmm. so but that's all i pulled out of there and mike i think you got some information about john williams uh i do uh john williams is set to record the score for episode nine but he is also going to be recording the theme for for han solo um Speaking with Variety, he stated very simply, I would very much like to complete that, talking about um, doing episode nine. Um, Variety also compiled the list of the Maestro's Oscar resume. Uh, Williams and this is, thing is awesome. Williams is the second most nominated person in Oscar history behind Walt Disney. Disney had 59. Williams has 50 to date. And this is the most nominated living individual individual. William's first Oscar nomination was for one of the, the most re- revealed shows of the 60s, uh, adapting the songs of his friend Andre Previn into an or- orchestral score for Valley of the Dolls, based on Jacqueline Suzanne's tawdry bestseller. Uh, his first Oscar was not for original music, but adapting the Broadway hit Fiddler on the Roof into an orchestra orchestral score for Norman Jewison's uh, 71 version of the film. Uh, 47 of his 107 films have been nominated for either song score or adaptation score. Uh, that is 44% of the total. Uh, it's been 24 years since Williams won his last uh, Oscar, which was for Schindler's List. He's been nominated 19 more times since then. Uh, six, 16 of Williams' 50 nominations are for Spielberg films. And three won Jaws, E.T., and Schindler's List. For the, for the seven Star Wars films were nominated for their Williams scores and the original one in 1977. None of the prequels was nominated. Two of his three Harry Potter films were nominated, as were three of the four Indiana Jones scores. Five of Williams' nominations are for original songs, and one, Somewhere in My Memory from Home Alone, has gone on to become a standard. 
Williams has been a musical director of the Academy Awards three times in 73, 76, and 2002. If this doesn't say it, um, express my point that I've said for years about John Williams, that I don't know what does. I've uh, I've always said, I've said for a long time that John Williams is a modern day Mozart or Beethoven or Bach, or he's, I think his stuff stands up with all the great masters of history. I agree, and he, he is truly a genius, yeah. a musical genius. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I would well, agree. If you look at if you look at what these guys were writing back then, they were basically writing movie scores because opera and uh, plays and uh, stuff like that was the same as what we do for movies now. Right. It was their visual entertainment. So yeah, John Williams deserves all the praise and um, awards and stuff he can get. He gets. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Very much so. So um, so yeah. How about uh, from here? Let's cover uh some gaming news which is a rarity well it would be nice if uh john williams <clears throat> were scoring this game i'm about to talk about but you know can't have everything so uh star wars rivals is a mobile game that celebrates iconic rivalries of a galaxy far far away wonder what galaxy <laughs> and the Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. This story comes from uh, StarWars.com, by the way. Jin Erso versus Yes, we are. Director Krennic. Finn versus Cap Phasma. <laughs> Salacious Crumb versus R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Finally, we already saw who wins that battle. Yeah. Finally, there's a game celebrating the iconic rivalry, rivalries of a galaxy far, far away. Uh, so Disney and Lucasfilm has have officially announced Star Wars Rivals. The first real-time Star Wars competitive action shooter for mobile devices. Uh, it highlights legendary clashes and has a character roster that is an all-star lineup spanning multiple eras of Star Wars. Uh, a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, allowing players to experience the saga's most famous conflicts. Uh, gameplay is rooted in cover-based player versus player skirmishes, where players build the ultimate team to challenge opponents in combat arenas. Uh, they have some screenshots on StarWars.com. Uh, some of the key fe- features include compete in player versus player arenas, uh, dominate your opponents in this fast-paced PvP shooter as you challenge players cross-platform in real-time combat arenas. That's interesting. Uh, avoid taking damage by st- strategically utilizing your surroundings, targeting and destroying enemies with mobile optimized controls. And you can swap your heroes in and out during the heat of battle, which is also an interesting feature. Uh, you can build the ultimate combat team. You collect heroes to assemble your team and unlock increasingly rare and powerful heroes as you advance through arena leagues. Uh, you get to choose from cast of legendary heroes like Princess Leia, Poe Dameron, and Lando Calrissian, each with different roles that you mix and match to gain a tactical advantage. I want Lando on my team. Yeah. Confront your rivals. Uh, you get to experience the iconic rivalries, uh, such as Han Solo and Boba Fett, Boba Fett, <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, Finn and Captain Phasma, and more. Uh, defeating your rivals in combat gains you extra battle points, which and which helps you win faster as you ascend the leaderboards. 
master iconic weapons and special abilities. Uh, you get powerful weapons like Chewie's Bowcaster, Han Solo's DL-44 pistol, and Boba Fett's EE-3 carbine rifle. Uh, and you can master special abilities unique to Star Wars, such as Darth Vader's choke and Admiral Akbar's devastating orbital strike. I wonder if uh, you get to use the line, too. It's Only tr- when you're attacking the Death Star. Mm. Yeah. Uh, utilize faction bonuses. Uh, form teams of the same faction, like the Rebellion, the Empire, First Order, and Underworld, to gain faction bonuses for increased damage, health regeneration, and more. I always love the and more. Battle in familiar Star Wars locations. Uh, you use cover, elevation, and destructible environments as you take down rivals across familiar environments such as Bespin, Scarif, Jakku, and the Death Star. And enlist a guild. Strategize with guild mates to climb the arena leaderboards and claim credits, data tapes, and reward crates to unlock featured heroes and level up characters in your roster. Uh, now you can pre-register for Star Wars Rivals on Google Play right now. Uh, if you download the game from Google Play, you'll get a special bonus, exclusive access to Death Trooper support units. Available for a limited time at launch, Death Troopers, uh, the black armor-clad elite Imperial forces from Rogue One, fight alongside players in PvP skirmishes using advanced weaponry to lay down cover fire. <laughs> That's something even Director Krennic would love, probably. Yeah. Uh, App Store's users will get exclusive access to Rebel Special Forces support units for a limited time when the game launches. Uh, The Spec Forces are the most elite soldiers the Rebellion has to offer, fighting alongside the players in skirmishes and restoring health on the battlefield. That is always a good thing. So uh, that sounds interesting. Maybe yeah. we're checking. So it says you battle in familiar Star Wars locations. You think we could use Ottawa Gunga? <laughs> we don't get it. We never. We don't get to see enough of that location ever. True. Uh, maybe if the game is successful enough, they'll need to keep adding things. So at some point, you might see that. Or you get to the planes outside of the um, outside of Thede City and get the Gungans versus battle droids. Now that would be fun. That that might actually be in there. Hmm. It's a good, a good battle scene. This sure. looks like a fun game, but for me, I'm looking at the screenshots and I've never been a fan of that type of control system where the buttons are actually on your mobile screen. Mm. But that's because I don't have a tablet big enough to actually do stuff. I have to play on my phone, right? And that takes a lot of screen space. Yeah. Oh, it does. It's interesting though. Yeah. So you can build some interesting teams, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you kind of almost do that a little bit on uh, uh, Forces Arena as well. Yeah. Or even on um, Galaxy of Heroes. I played Galaxy of Heroes some when it first came out. It was fun. Uh, I don't play it as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't play that one anymore. I still I do play the um, DC Comics version of it, basically DC Legends. Yeah. I, which I'm, is basically the same game. I'm still playing Force Force Arena. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much done with Force Commander. I'm I'm seriously considering restarting that game under the other faction I didn't go with originally. Yeah, I like Force Commander. I had fun with that one. It just took, I want to know when it just took so long to develop mm. and, and build things. It's like okay, oh, so it's going to take me a week and a half to upgrade this. Yeah, I have no desire to play the game until it's completed because I need it for a key part of my missions. 
Yeah. Well, that's where I think uh, Rise to Power, as soon as it actually is released, will be better because it's a strategy game, but it doesn't. It the most I've seen, the longest I've seen for anything to upgrade on your base, is a couple of hours. Yeah. So. I don't know when they're going to actually release it, though. It's still officially in um, closed alpha, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So who makes this game, though, Rivals? It didn't say anywhere in the article. Anybody? Do you guys know? No, I don't. I did anywhere. I have no idea. That's weird that they didn't. Know. Well, the, since it said reward crates, I'm wondering if this is all. This is in um, EA. Yeah, I don't see it anywhere. I'm checking. Uh, developer is Disney, publisher Disney. Okay. Usually they don't make games in house anymore, do they? No. Uh, That's what I'm wondering if I'm wondering if it's not EA and they're trying to keep that under wraps because of all the um, problems they're having with Battlefront with publicity uh, and stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. So yeah. Well, how about this for an interesting thought? Let's get an update on where we stand at the box office. Well, <clears throat> the last Jedi has been in theaters for four months, four weeks now, and it's like where we're wondering where's it at compared to the Force Awakens and Rogue One. Now it had a two hundred twenty million dollar opening, which is much closer to the Force Awakens two hundred forty seven million than where Rogue One was with one hundred fifty five million. But it suffered a huge weekend drop after that, or for second weekend, uh, it was down sixty seven percent, which is closer to like what Batman v Superman did. Um, but then it scored a near record third week hold because it only was down 26% and still was at 100 million plus uh, for it. Now, last weekend, the the Star Wars film essentially tied with Rogue One in terms of fourth week gross, where one was at 24 million, the other one was 22 million. Um, and they held it uh, down 55% and down 57%. Uh, so while The Force Awakens dropped 74% by the 25th day, which was Monday, from the um, from his 25th day of, of Sunday, Rogue One dropped 72%, and The Last Jedi dropped 73%. So they're all three tracking about the same point at that place at that point. Now, right. the, end of the by the end of the fourth weekend, The Force Awakens had pulled in $812 million domestic and a $1.73 billion worldwide. Rogue One was only at $471, or $477 million domestic and $914 million worldwide. But with all the ups and downs so far, particularly due to the holiday schedule, The Last Jedi has actually pulled in $573 million domestic with a $1.205 billion worldwide by day 24. So they're actually domestic, they're down, but they're um, almost dead center between Rogue One and The Force Awakens right now. Now, um, they said that now the Forbes is the one that did this whole anal- analytics on this. They said that's a domestic weekend to, to weekend to total multiplier of 2.6 times. I don't know what that um, was one of their analytics they do because it says that compares to a 3.27 times multiplier for The Force Awakens and a 2.88 times multiplier for Rogue One. So it's sitting at right about where Rogue One is um, or was at this point. Not an actual total money because you had a lot larger start. But The Force Awakens had another 15% from here until the end of its run um, that before it got to its total of $937 million domestic and 19% of its uh, yeah, from here to the end they gained another 15% of its total domestic and 19.5% of its 2.068 billion dollar total um, worldwide gross. 
Rogue One from here to the end gained 11.5%, um, where it eventually stopped at $532 million domestic and 15% more for $1.056 billion for global. Um, now, it said as of Tuesday, The Last Jedi has actually already grossed $576.9 million domestic at $1.229 billion worldwide, which is going to um, put it past Fast and, or Fate of the Furious from earlier this to make it the second gro- largest grossing film of 2017, right behind Beauty and the Beast at $2.63 billion. So there's a chance we could overtake Beauty and the Beast even. True. Now, um, let me see what else. The, the rest of this in here is comparing them to other movies. Like some of the things that, uh, like Rogue One, when they, for the holiday season, basically were up against uh, Sing from Illumination, which really didn't do phenomenal. Whereas um, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is doing great right now, which could be part of where we're um, struggling with the box office a little bit. Um, and that's that's most of the big stuff. I mean, and because if you look, even from here on, after Jumanji, really, the, the Greatest Showman has done okay, but it wasn't fantastic. Or I don't think it's been doing fantastic. And looking through um, January, there's not a lot coming out. Paddington 2 is the only major somewhat major box office that they're looking for for January. So the the Last Jedi could actually come in and do a lot stronger January than uh, the other two did. So it's looking like it's, no matter, with everybody saying how they've had problems with The Last Jedi and it's controversial, it's still tracking about the same place that Star Wars has been doing for the last three years so far. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. It's mm-hmm. staying on target. That's right. Oh, boy. <laughs> well. All it's got to do now is to shut off its targeting computer. <clears throat> well, staying on target, um, since we have time to kill, uh, here's five reasons why you'll love Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. Uh, this has been open for a few weeks at Disney Springs, and it's just opened um, at Downtown Disney in Disneyland. Um, Secrets of the Empire is the long-awaited hyper-reality experience from ILM and and Lab in the Void. Um Sporting headphone-equipped VR helmets and force feedback vests, you and three friends go undercover as stormtroopers pre-Rogue One on a mission to infiltrate an Imperial base on Mustafar and recover, well, some Imperial secrets. In short, uh, Secrets of the Empire allows you to step truly inside of Star Wars. It feels new and is the next level. Now, here's some of the things you'll love about it. The sense of Star Wars authenticity. Uh, right from the beginning, Secrets of the Empire makes it clear that this is an authentic Star Wars experience. Uh, employees of the Void call your group Rebels. Never breaking the fourth wall. Uh, before you put on your gear, Captain Cassian Andor, played by Diego Luna, briefs you on your mission. Luna delivers your orders with, with an impassioned performance, and you quickly understand the stakes of what you and your crew are about to attempt. Once you start, um, the detail and touches are perfect as those in any Star Wars film. The gear is worn and scuffed. K2SO, played by Alan Tudyk, guides you and, and approximately appropriately mocks you when necessary. Uh, switches and buttons and levers look like they were posted all over the Death Star. What does this make you believe you're in Star Wars? Well, of course. Uh, two, you get to make it your own. Uh, without spoiling too much, let's just say Secrets of the Empire is more rewarding if you take chances. So, uh, three, you can see and trigger Easter eggs. Uh, keep your eyes peeled when you're on the mission. Uh, Secrets of the Empire is 
quote or is to quote Luke Skywalker full of surprises. The Star Wars Rebels fulcrum symbol makes an appearance and uh that's all that starwars.com is going to say about that uh the wow moment putting on your vr helmet and seeing for the first time your squad mates in stormtrooper gear all looking around at each other settling and then grazing your hands which are now in gloves um Grabbing your blaster off the wall and taking your first shot, which why do they want you to shoot aim at one of your teammates and shoot them? Okay, but uh, I guess to get the idea of whether the game's running or not, um, I mean, that's what you get. Uh, feel the heat of Mustafar's lava, smell it's burning in the air. Uh, it's filled with moments like this that well on delight and just totally immerse you. And then finally, new elements of Star Wars lore. Uh, not only does it just stand on established Star Wars mythology, it adds to it there's a major piece of lore introduced here and you may want to stay away from spoilers uh to see it revealed in a in a moment that you're actually in is special for anyone who considers themselves a star wars fan so uh tickets are available for this now and they run um here in orlando let's say next thursday go 11 30 a.m uh general ages 10 and up 29.95 <clears throat> that's your that's your average ticket. Not that bad. So yeah, I'm looking. They still don't have anywhere near me. No, it's uh, Anaheim here, and I think London. Mm. Well, you got Toronto, Orlando, New York, London, uh, London, UT, Utah. I don't know that one. Utah, okay. Dubai and uh, Anaheim. Yeah. Yep. So the New York City is the closest one to me, or Toronto. Toronto's closer. Toronto's closer, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto's I think five hours, but still driving five hours just to play a game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we can continue on. If someone wants to cover uh, the Rebels TIE Fighter tie-in story, that leads us to the Forces of Destiny Hera exclusive. Uh, oh, they, there it is. I can look at this one. Now, uh, we know that the Forces of Destiny is coming out, I believe, isn't IDW putting these ones out? in comic? Yes, in comic book form. Now, it's not easy being a captain of the ghosts. Uh, StarWars.com brought us this article. It says that in this exclusive preview, uh, including the alternate covers of it from IDW publishing Star Wars Forces of Destiny Hera comic coming January 17th, Hera, Cho- Hera and Chopper take the ghost to the Fecunda outpost. Ultimately, for our rebel, rebel heroes, they have an unexpected imperial entanglement. Uh, the issue is written by Devin Grayson and illustrated by Eva Weiderman and is the third installment of IDW's Forces of destiny miniseries and um for more about the comic check out the different interviews and stuff over at uh, starwars.com they've had interviews with the creative team of forces of destiny leia and uh, forces of destiny ray and they're gonna have more coverage as the month comes along now the art on this now idw is basically um everybody knows they're doing what's what's seen as more the young adult version of the star wars um comics but these don't look young adult to me. I mean, they're a little bit more cartoon, but they actually look more realistic than uh, almost than the even Forces of Destiny cartoons were or the animated shorts. Are you looking at them over there, Derek? Yeah. I mean, these look awesome. This looks like it's straight out of a uh, 2D cartoon. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, Mike, yeah. did you get a chance to, um, to read through this preview at all? Uh, a little bit. I was. We were just commenting on the art style here. It looks like a straight 2D animated cartoon almost. I like it. It's pretty good artwork. Yeah, it's yeah, a cool it's, style. <coughs> it's very similar to what they're doing over on um, 
Star Wars Adventures as well. Okay. Mm. Um, obviously, it's this is the all ages book that's geared more towards the younger audience. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like such as you know, my young Padawan. Um, the uh, um, it, it's it's been successful. Uh, Star Wars Adventures, and that's why they pursued going further with, with Forces of Destiny. Um, of course, this is a five issue, um, because, oh, I had it. Yeah, they, are, they said they've already released, um, Leia and Ray. Leia came out, uh, back on the third. Uh, Ray came out this week, and then next week is, um, is Hera on the 24th, actually on the 24th. And then on the 31st, we're going to get Ahsoka and Padme. Set the five books. Okay. Set five. Leia, Ray, Hera. Ahsoka Padme. There's one more. No, that's five. No, I think they're doing... No, Ahsoka Padme is combined as one. Oh, I, think okay. I think they're only doing the four. Yeah, I think they're only doing the four. I think it's five characters, four books. And one of the things that I liked about this, too, is uh, they're not numbered, if you take a look as well. It's just the, here's the forces of destiny, one-off, Hera. It's like each one... I mean, it's a series, but they're they're one-shots on their own. Okay. So... Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I love the covers, and for, for, I would assume Zoe would most likely go after like with Hera cover A because it's got Chopper. But yeah. I mean, she would she could surprise me and and go with any of them. Um, totally missed what they had for uh, for Leia. Uh, I know they did the interviews on StarWars.com, um, but they only show one of the covers. They don't show all. They don't show the four covers. So. Um, and the same thing with Ray. Yeah, this is what I may end up having to pick up if they do it as a trade later or something. <clears throat> I think a trade is in the works afterwards. Okay. So uh, if we actually have time, I do have something really cool that I found. Yeah. Yeah. Let's continue on. That. Let's continue on. Um, have you seen that Lego has kind of um, let the cat out of the bag a little bit about some of the stuff coming for Solo? Yes. Yes. Awesome. I just put that up. I just put it up on our um, doc there so you guys could see the article. Uh, Comicbook.com covered this. Now, this has been out since last week, but um, Lucasfilm is actually being very secretive about anything to do with Solo. We know this. Uh, but re- a recent leak at Lego set of Lego sets for the upcoming spinoff movie might have actually revealed some key details. Now, photos of Lego sets of Han Solo have started to hit the, everywhere online and so that everybody can see the um, new look or the old version of the Millennium Falcon and some of the other ships from the Star Wars canon. And then um, they should have a link to the Imager article, which has all of the pictures in it. The first one is uh, four characters that you get in, a, uh, in the minifig form. Someone named Rebolt with a whip, Moloch, and then two Corellian houses. Next, we have the a kit that is for a Moloch's land speeder. That's yeah. who those minifigs come with. And the speeder looks kind of cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, moving down, a couple more pictures, a couple of pictures of the minifigs. Next, the next set of uh, minifigs that comes in a set is um, Memben Stormtrooper. Imperial pilot Han Solo in an Imperial, um, uh, basically like a driver's costume, and Tobias Beckett. So the question now, is, 
are they now officially stating he was in the academy or is he just hiding that way uh, this is true too well next up w- the next kit is actually an imperial tie fighter and that's who these four uh minifigs come with or that's what vehicle comes with these minifigs but it is han solo and it looks like almost like an adat driver type uniform isn't it or armor that he's wearing it's like an imperial officer's armor yeah yeah uh then we get a couple of those and they show the minifigs next one up is they have han solo's land speeder which is what we see uh ron howard tease when saying hey stay you know not not long now and the minifigs that come with this is Kira, which we knew um, it's spelled different, but this is the character that, we, that we've that we seen mentioned many, many times in Han Solo. So this may be his love interest for the movie, I believe, is what the, who she is. And then you get another Corellian hound that way. Yep. And you see the land speeder is so, somewhat reminiscent of what we saw in the prequels. Yeah. Uh, next up. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, yeah. But okay. it, it does look very similar to the speeder we were first introduced in this in this story. Mm-hmm. Well, the next set up is the Imperial Patrol Battle Pack, and it shows um, basically a variation, uh, um, new type of speeder bike, a couple of variations on stormtroopers, an Imperial officer. Well, wait, let me go back and actually see if I can get the names of um, the minifigs. It doesn't say on this one. Looks like an Imperial officer, uh, almost like a Death Star officer armor. Yeah. And uh, two kind of unique um, stormtroopers. Then the last one's the big one for everybody. It's the Millennium, the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. There's some major differences to the Falcon in this, though. Yeah, I've seen these. Uh, this one before. Well, it does have the blue trim that we've seen in some of the um, concept things out there. Right. But the front of the ship, instead of being split into two pylons, is all one pylon. And the radar dish is flat on the top of it instead of sticking up and pointed forward. Right. So does that mean the, y- the YT-1300 had multiple fo- forms and the nose of it was different? Or is it something that changed later? Or how, how does this work? It looks so weird that way. Yeah. yeah. And this does come with minifigs of Lando, Chewbacca, Han Solo, and Kira. And there's other ones also that come with it. Wait, let me see if I can get a zoom in of the rest. That minifig of Lando is awesome. Yeah. There's three other figures on there, and I can't zoom in tight enough to see what they are. Mm. Let's see. One of them is an astromech droid of some sort, and there's two other figures. One of them almost, if you look at the minifig sitting there on the side, almost looks like Deadpool. <laughs> you see what I'm seeing there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, there we go. The Kessel Operations droid is what that one is. A mm. Quay Tolsite, and uh, it doesn't say it's just an astromech. But that's an astromech looks like with legs instead of rollers. Yeah. Huh. And that's the last kit. But we do get to see the artwork. And the artwork, because um, all the Star Wars, the, the branding for the box actually has um, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Lando, and Kira all on the box. And I believe th- usually there's a picture of the Millennium Falcon with it also in this box art. Yeah, there it is in that one. So that looks like this is probably the official what we're going to see for um, the box art for most of the toys and such. Very interesting. Yes, I'm interested in seeing what <clears throat> these, what the changes or what are these um, stormtroopers that look a little weird. But it looks like the Kessel Run will probably be a, be a part, large part of this film, which we were ho- kind of hoping for. Mm. Um, so that answer, the Kessel Run will be in here at some point. But the other big question is, what's Han doing in an Imperial officer's armor? Mm. Yeah, and who's Tobias Beckett? Is that uh, Woody Harrelson? I don't know. Have they ever mentioned his actual name? I don't I think don't so. Don't think so. This is an article I was looking for earlier, and I couldn't find it right away. I found later on while we were doing the rest of this well um anyone else got anything else while we still got some time nope 
That's all I had. Well, I'm going to hit quickly hit uh, the books that are coming out uh, this next week, uh, the week ending January 19th. Uh, we got three comics, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Star Wars number 42, The Ashes of Jedha, part five. Uh, the Leviathan is headed for the remains of Jedha. Uh, prepared to pick up the, prepared to pick the carcasses of the once holy planet clean. Uh, but with Luke Skywalker torn between his allegiance to the rebellion and pursuing his, the path of a Jedi, who will lead the charge against the Empire? Uh, also coming out is Star Wars Adventures number six. Uh, the biggest new character from The Last Jedi, Rose Tico, makes her Star Wars Adventures debut in this special one-shot story. Uh, Rose prefers to solve problems from behind the scenes, but the threat of the First Order has put her front and center. And, ah, uh, here's book number five. Forces of Destiny, Rose and Paige. Star Wars, uh, okay. Aven- Star Wars Adventures has joined the, fest- the festivities with an exciting weekly series of comic books that explores all corners of the Star Wars universe, showing how choices, both big and small, ultimately shape the destinies of beloved characters such as Princess Leia, Rey, Padme, Ahsoka, and from The Last Jedi, Rose and Paige. So... That's where we are there. Those are the books that come out uh, the week of the 19th, and they're all on New Comic Book Day. Cool. So, uh, any final thoughts? Nope. No. Well, I'm going to say... It's it, it is interesting to see where um, how The Last Jedi is leveled out, and it's still doing pretty well. Yeah. For the amount of controversy it's stirred up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say check out our homepage, WookieRadio.net. Uh, check out our links of our affiliates uh, by supporting them you help support us uh, superhero stuff it's got some great stuff there uh, some new Star Wars merch is always in uh, plus their hero box is a great great little thing uh, you don't have to subscribe you buy it you buy it as you want it uh, and I think there is a new Star Wars hero box from them uh, I'm taking a look right now see what yes there is and it's called one with the force is the theme of the box um so um with that i think you'll get um t-shirt as they put it t-shirt worn by a jedi corsican (laughs) gift shop apparel force sensitive accessories mystery jedi gear uh but the picture they show um there's a hat there's a cup obviously a t-shirt keychain uh looks like one the 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 metal model kits and and socks so uh those metal model kits are awesome it's it's 59 dollar purchase uh but you'll get 90 90 plus dollars worth of merch in it uh and, and they don't joke when they say you're going to get at least 90 dollars out of it so um also to check out ripped apparel and coming soon uh tv shop online which they have a lot of star wars stuff on there as well so uh those are affiliates coming up uh check those out and hit us up on social media at wookie radio on twitter on facebook wookie at wookie radio.net is our email uh where can they find you guys if they want to chat with you guys direct as well since y'all are kind of off on other projects outside of wookie radio go ahead derek you can find me in my basement do it uh never mind I don't want to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NES of Geek. He, he uh, is accepting Rathars. <laughs> yeah, just don't ask what I do with them. Uh, and then. You hug him and love him and call him George. <laughs> I should call you George. And then uh, you can follow my other Twitter, the Twitters of my other two shows that I do. The other two podcasts uh, at KOTFR for the Keepers of the Fringe and 
uh, at N-E-S-O-G pod for the New England Society of Geeks podcast. Okay. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm Ken Rose. You can find uh, the other shows I do, Geekwatch 1 and DC Superpowers podcast. At, basically, uh, everything's at geekwatch1.com or dcsuperpowers.com. All the links to all of our social media for both shows are on the different sites. And that's pretty much how you find me. Awesome. Well, there you are. Um, again, I apologize about my voice. It is as shot as it can be after having sinusitis for over 14 days. <laughs> so um, check us out. We want to hear from you. Check out our affiliates, helping them, you know, supporting them, help support us. Uh, cost you nothing extra. Um, if no one else has anything else, then... Give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.